Well, good morning again. Y'all, you have picked a great day uh, to be in the house of God. I am really excited to be starting, kicking off a new message. Uh, and y'all really, really be praying for your pastor uh, the next couple weeks because I, I am really going to be stretched uh, praying on this topic uh, and, and, and praying what the word says about end times. Uh, you know, but it's, it's a good thing because, you know, I feel like I call y'all to be stretched and get out of your comfort zones all the time, right? So it's only, it's only right that your pastor do the same. Amen. But I'm just a young pastor. I don't know it all. Uh, but in end times and, and revelations and all these things we're going to be talking about, diving into, studying, uh, is not necessarily my sweet spot. Amen. Uh, so even Pastor Keith, we were talking about the message the last couple of weeks, and he's feeling like he's being really stretched too. So, but you know, we both feel like this is a message that needs to happen now uh, because I don't know about you, but you know, I do pest control. Uh, that's my, 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 my day job, I guess from Monday through Friday. And you know, every other customer, I love my customers. Uh, I build relationships with them, but every other customer that I talk to, they're all saying the same thing, right? Man, it is getting crazy out there. We are seeing the end times. It's closer day. Jesus is coming. Right? Anybody else hearing those same things? You know what? Everyone sees it. It's plain as day. Right? Because in the world, it's, it's chaotic right now. Right? And we have to be focusing on the right things. We have to be focused on him and not on all the chaos. Uh, because it's a distraction. I'm going to talk about how it's important that the church be awake when he comes. Because, you know, the world is out there distracted asleep. Uh, we need to be awake. Now, we don't need to be woke. <laughs> you know, this woke culture everyone's talking about. We need to be awake in Christ. Amen. And so it's a, it's, I, I feel like this is a very timely message. But be praying for me, like I said, because I'm going to be being stretched. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching. A lot of, we're going to be looking at scripture um, literally. Uh, because we're going to be looking at prophecies and um, and dates and all these things. And so I'm going to try my best uh, for it to not to go over your head. And um, I really want to give honor where honor is due uh, and really uh, respect um, the person that a lot of this information is going to be coming from. He's a, he's a man in our own church. Does anybody know who Dr. Forrest Van Zandt is? Come on, man. He is an awesome, mighty man of God. He's actually a rocket scientist up at NASA. He farms full-time. He's a doctor. He got his doctorate degree in theology. Uh, and he knows this. He knows the way he's been studying this in end times for over 30 years. He wrote his doctorate on this, this topic. And so a lot of that material we're going to have, uh, we want to give it available to you also. Um, so if this is really interesting to you, if something I say, uh, it doesn't quite jive or click, come, you can ask me questions, but we want to actually give you his, his, his paper, his syllabus for free uh, so that you can have it. And if you want to do that, just come see me. All I need is your email and we can uh, email it to you, okay? It's a limited supply and resource as we're going through this. We're going to be on this for probably three or four weeks, okay? And it's going to be, it's going to be really in in depth. Uh, so I, I'm really excited. And so I, uh, before we get started, I want to say one more thing too. Just I don't want, we're not doing this so that you believe and in, in, or, or totally uh, think that the, my interpretation or Liberty Church's interpretation 
uh, of what end times is, is like the final say, is the gospel. Okay, I really want to challenge us to seek out answers for ourselves. That there are things that are, are non-negotiable, okay, and that's the thing about end times. There's things that are for sure going to happen, but the, the question in the air is when and how these things are going to happen, right? Jesus is going to come. Yeah. That, 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 that's undoubtable. Amen. There'll be an antichrist, and he will rise up, and that, that is undoubtable. Uh, the church of the bride of Christ will be raptured up, amen. Yeah. That th- that will happen in Jesus' name. That is unquestionable. But the, the, those th- the questions are the things that the enemy wants to divide us in. Those are how we find the answers. We have to be diligent and good stewards of God's word, right? To prove ourselves strong. Uh, to be good, to be good um, uh, uh, Bible uh, believers and Bible scholars in our own right. Amen. So let's look at that first, um, that first uh, scripture this morning. And, and as we do that, as we seek answers, right, what happens? We grow together. Uh, we see for ourselves. Uh, and that what happens? Our hunger and our thirst for righteousness, our hunger and thirst for truth grows, right? And the cool thing about this message is, uh, you know, these are actual treasures, nuggets that Dr. Forrest has found in this book that he is sharing with us. And so that's going to only not make the church stronger, but we need to be doing that on our own also. We need to be in this thing, okay? We, I, 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 we need to love the Word of God. We need to be in this thing if we really believe that the end times are here, and I believe that they are. I mean, that's... But, Anyway, so Acts 17, 11, right? It says, And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And there it is. They searched. Somebody say searched. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. (laughs) Were Paul and Silas men of God? Did signs, miracles, and wonders happen? Yes. They saw that. that it was easy to see and recognize. Uh, but what did they do? They didn't just take that as, as gospel, right? They, they searched God's word for themselves. They, they, they heard what they said. So hear what I, what I teach and, and preach today, but then go and look for it for yourself. Right? We need to look for it. And that, that's really what I want to happen is for that hunger and that stirring uh, for the church for us to actually begin to, to do that. Because if we live in the, the end times, maybe tomorrow doesn't come. If we really see today as a gift, which it is, that changes the way I live, right? Because I don't begin to take things for granted. I have to begin, am I expecting Christ's return? Or is that like, am I just buying time? Does that kind of, that thought of Christ coming back almost scare me? Or is that dreadful to think about? <laughs> because maybe I ain't right. Right? And so that's, that's, that's where we are. And that's what we got to, 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 to be praying and believing for if that's where uh, we are. Amen? So but that, let's go ahead. Let's look at that first point. We're going we're gonna to get started. We're going to get started. Uh, somebody say, let's get started. Right. Amen. Let's do this thing. And so for end times, right, as we're studying this out, really what we have to know is to study out end times, to see uh, what men of God we're saying to, to other men of God for forewarning, for revelation, for signs, for us to know 
what to look for to know that the end times are here or coming, we have to look and see prophecy for what it is. Uh, prophecy has a purpose, not to just edify and build up the church, but prophecy really is the vessel that God uses uh, to speak to his people, right? You know what this is? It's all prophetic. God used men of God through prophecy. For, that's how we have his word. And, so, and God affirms his word through the truth of that word as it was revealed to men of God, okay? And so the purpose of prophecy, this point says, is to authenticate the word of God so that we will believe. Somebody say believe, right? That Jesus is who he says he is, the son of God, the son of man, the Messiah and the savior of the world, right? Somebody prophesied that Jesus was gonna come, the, 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 the savior of the world. The Jews missed it, but God revealed that glory to Gentiles, right? Do you know that you and I are Gentiles, the church? We're gonna be distinguishing the difference between the church uh, and the Jewish people today as we go through this. But so that revelation was, was prophesied first. And so, but when Jesus fulfilled that prophecy, what does it do? It it's a stamp of approval. It authenticates that that word came from Abba, right? It, it, it makes it true to you and to me. It makes it undisputable. It makes it the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the, and the life, right? And so that's what the, the purpose of prophecy does. And so we just, I want to hit this so that before we get into this kind of, that we got to know that if we don't accept the, the ultimate truth, that is Jesus, he is the Savior, the Messiah, the, the Son of Man, the Son of God. If we, if, we, if we miss that, we can't see that, we can't recognize that, then when, when everything else I'm going to say is not going to make any sense. <laughs> Amen. We got to start there. But John 14, 28 through 29, right, what does he say? He says, remember what I told you, I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they will happen so that they will, uh, when they do happen, you will believe, right? He's saying, I'm telling you this so that when it does happen, what does it do? It authenticates my word. It proves that what I said was real. It proves what I said is true. It proves what I said came from God. And that's how, uh, as we study this out, the end times, the, the signs that we're looking at, uh, when are they going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem? When is the Antichrist going to make his way? When is the rapture of the church going to happen? We're going to talk about all these things. How can I know we're getting closer and closer? Uh, because the, God's word is the, the thing that, the only thing that I have to find those answers. I can't find those answers on Facebook. I can't find those answers at CNN. I can't find those answers on Fox News. I have to be responsible to find those answers for myself. Right? And so we can't fully begin to understand end times until we first understand and accept Christ for who he is. The word of God authenticates the righteousness of Christ. You better believe. What did he say as he got baptized? This is my son who I'm well pleased, right? He authenticated his son, that that's him, right? And so we have to start there. So as we start, I'm sure many of us, you know, we want to know, okay, so Pastor Ian, where are we now? Right? Where are we in this timeline of events from Genesis uh, to Revelations? Uh, where are we now? There's craziness all around me, right? We, we got coronavirus. We got looting and riots, and we got uh, division and discord. And we got this election that just seems our president just got uh, tested positive for coronavirus. It's like one thing after the other. So, so where, are, where are we, Pastor? And so to know where we truly are, 
using God's word through the prophetic word, we have to start in a place maybe you don't necessarily think. Most people think when we're doing end times, oh, we got to start in Revelations. And Revelations is key, and we are going to be there, trust me, uh, for the next couple weeks. But really, we have to start here in Daniel 9, 19 through 27. Okay, most theologians, end times scholars, super smart, uh, smarter men of God than I am, believe that this is the scripture that lays out the map of, of what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and where we are, okay? So this is really where we're going to start this thing. And so verse 19, Daniel, he's, having a, he's going to have a visitation from the angel, excuse me, Gabriel, right? Daniel, the same man that had visions and dreams, right, for the king, uh, God is going to use to help guide us this morning to let us know where we are during these end times. He says, verse 19, O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay on your own sake. My God, for your city. Somebody say your city. Your city and your people are called by your name. Now while speaking, praying, confessing my sin of the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for its holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked to me and said, Daniel, I now have come forth to give you skill to understand these things, right? At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to you to tell you, you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Here it is. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So when, when, you, when you see that 70 weeks in Scripture, it's a common thread. It's a common thing in the Old Testament uh, that, that uh, prophets of God use this 70 weeks. And you have to know that it's not just 70 weeks like it is for you and for me. Uh, the Jewish People, they live by a different calendar uh, than we do today. And language is kind of funny. When you translate certain languages into another language, there's some things that, there's words that literally you can't translate. And so what they are actually talking about for you and for me is 70 weeks is not just seven. You have to times that by seven. They call it weeks of years. So it's 70 weeks of years. So that's, if you times that out, that's 490 years. And so that is a theme through scripture that that was the no, a special number that God used like 70 times 7 right so 70 times 7 it was a completeness it was going to be a season that the the people of God and the the places of God and the 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 the, the, the men of God were going to have to do this Daniel's prophesying that that's the time frame it's going to take before the anointed one who is Jesus uh, is going to be anointed okay so we start there and so and then on verse 25 there, God is about to declare some things. He declares six things that uh, he is going to do uh, through these, these 70 weeks of, of years, okay? Uh, it ends with, and it ends with the anointing of, of Jesus as king on earth, okay? Jesus has the king of kings. Y'all, Jesus is coming back. Hear me. He's coming back, and this time he's not going to come disguised as a baby in a manger. Amen. He's going to come first like a thief in the night, and then second, he's going to come with his bride on a white horse to declare peace and righteousness in the earth, okay? 
And so he's coming back. Hear me. But so God declares these six things. And so this is really where we are. And we're going to talk about this picture of where we're at right now. So verse 25, it says, Now therefore, and understand that the going forth and the coming to restore and build Jerusalem, okay? So the first thing is that um, the Jerusalem has to be rebuilt and restored. The city of Jerusalem, there has to be peace in Jerusalem for that to happen. Uh, right now where the, the temple, the original temple used to sit, where the Jewish call, where you know, the, the temple that David built actually sits a mosque right now. And so we are actually, we know that that, Something's going to have to happen where that, that temple is going to be rebuilt. And you know what? The President Trump just signed a peace treaty between three different nations. And so things, some pieces are literally being moved right now before our very eyes for that to begin to take happen, for that thing to, to, to begin to happen in our lives. Okay, so he says that has to happen uh, until Messiah the Prince shall be, okay, seven weeks of 62 weeks of years. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. And then after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people and the prince who is to come. Now, this prince is the Antichrist. So at 62 weeks, the Messiah is going to be cut off, but not for himself. That, that's saying that when you really translate that out, that's the crucifixion of Jesus. That's already happened. So we're past that. So we are in that that. that that break, that point from the crucifixion of Jesus until the Antichrist begins to come on the scene here at 26. And it says, And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end it shall be with a flood. If you started out, that flood is not a, a flood like a water. That is a flood of, of people. It's going to be wars and desolation and tribulation. Okay? And until the end of the war of desolations are determined. In verse 27 Daniel continued, it says, The ruler, the, who is the Antichrist, will make a treaty with the people for a period of set of seven. That is a set of seven. That is actually seven years for us. Physically, a, a period of seven years that the Antichrist is going to set up that period in a treaty of peace. But half this time, half of seven is three and a half. So around three and a half years into the Antichrist's appointment, he will do this. He will put an end to sacrifices and offerings in the new temple. So we know that the, the new temple has to be built. And for the last 2,000 years, the Jewish people have not been able to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices. Did you know that? Because they don't have a place of worship. That's why it's such a big deal. They don't have a place of worship. That's why it's such a big deal. And so in three and a half years, after he makes peace in the world, uh, then he's going to say, you know what? He's going to cut it off and he's going to desecrate the Holy of Holies. The Antichrist. He's going to set himself up as God. Amen? Pretty scary stuff. Amen? I don't want to be there for that. Anybody else? You know and that's why we need to trust in him because I believe, now this is, the, this is what I believe, and you need to find out for yourself. What you, I believe in pre-tribulation rapture. Pre-trib, right? You know, and I believe that because the, how else could the Antichrist come to power if the church was still here? I always thought that. How is he going to deceive the entire world with the church here? We're going to stand by silent. A lot of churches will, but a lot of churches ain't. Liberty Church Holly Pond ain't one of those churches. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And so I believe that's part of the plan is because the church is going to be raptured, and that is how the, the, the evil one, the Antichrist, is going to be able to sway the rest of the world. 
And you know what? And so then you think, well, what's the rest of the world going to think when everybody's raptured up? I used to think that was crazy too. But you know what? I really think they're just going to say, you know what? Aliens abducted us. It's really not that crazy. The things that are going on right now, the blind eye that people are turning towards truth, they'll just, like, just go on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's debatable. Those are debatable things. Uh, but that's what I really uh, b- believe, okay? And so I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit trail here. Y'all really be praying for your pastors the next couple weeks as we dive into this study, amen? But so this is, this is this key scripture that we need, okay, to understand end times. This is the map for us. Let's look at that next point. And so if this is the map, and within this map, there are certain things that we need to know, okay? And we have to read this not from our perspective. So, you know, you have to read God's word in a literal sense sometimes. Uh, we need to know who, writ, who wrote it, who it was being spoken to, the context of what it was saying in that time period, the culture of which that was written, because it says a whole different dynamic of that message. And we, we always just see ourselves and where am I at in the story. End times revelation isn't really necessarily about the church because it was prophesied by the Jewish people. Uh, and it's really for complete redemption after the church is raptured up for God to save and, and fulfill his covenant, his first covenant that he had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? And so end time prophecy revolves around these three, these three things. Okay? God's land, which is Israel. Y'all know that, right? God's people, who is the Jews. Uh, and God's holy city, which is Jerusalem. Everything around end times is going to revolve around those three things. Write that down. Know that. Uh, and the better, we, the better we get at knowing these things, the better we can educate others, right, to help other people be able to defend our faith and help explain to other people what's really going on. And so the church is not mentioned in this scripture because the end times events revolve around God finishing what he started with Israel. This is what I'm talking about. God's not a liar, Right? Uh, so you better hear me. He's, he made a covenant, like I said, with Abraham, uh, with four land and four people and for promises for those people in that land. And God always keeps his covenant. Uh, and so that is going to happen for the, for the Jewish people. The next point. So here's really the cool thing. <laughs> oh, y'all bear with me as I try to explain this. Uh, if you know Dr. Forrest, you know how he, how he teaches and preaches and thinks and He's a rocket scientist, like I said, so he's real big with numbers. But it's just so cool that he would share this with us because this is a treasure. This proves the goodness of God and the authenticity of his word and the prophetic uh, things that are in it, right? So Gabriel, follow, try to track with me. Gabriel reveals to Daniel that there are 70 weeks of years, right? So that's actually 490 years for you and me that are to be determined in Israel. Okay, and those 490 years don't, God never said that those would happen concurrent, like, those are just years that have to be fulfilled. Because we're in what? You're 2020, right? Jesus died in 32 AD. So we're way past 490 years, right? So we're just, but God's outside of time, right? <laughs> 490 years could be a, not even a, a blip of a second in God's world. And so, but that's a prophetic thing that has to be fulfilled, that season, that, that set of time, okay? Uh, that the Jews uh, and Israel, 69 weeks, hear me, have already happened. Jesus has already been crucified. They've been accomplished, fulfilled. Here's the cool thing. According to Dr. Forrest, he knows how the Jewish calendar works. He knows it all. Uh, And you can check that syllabus out for yourself. Uh, So March 14th, 445 B.C. to April 6th, 32 A.D., 
173,880 days, exactly 69 weeks of years to the day, from the command that Zechariah spoke in Zechariah 9, the command to rebuild Jerusalem was to the day that Jesus presents himself as king of Jerusalem, the day he came in on a donkey, Hosanna, 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 to the day. Is that a quinky dink? <laughs> I don't think so. When I say God fulfills prophecy in his scripture, he fulfills prophecy in his scripture to affirm his word. There are other hidden treasures like that for us to find if we're diligent and seek it out. But we share that to just really reinforce uh, how good God is. Okay, and like I said, make sure to get his syllabus, Dr. Ford's syllabus, if, if you want, if you have questions for this stuff or want to study it out, how he came to these conclusions. So we don't have time, I don't have the time uh, to get into all that, uh, that deepness today. I wish I did, but I, we don't, obviously, okay? Uh, but so here it is. Here's the, 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 the command, the, the prophetic command. Here, Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation lowly, and riding on a donkey, a colt, uh, the fowl of the donkey, right? That was, that he spoke that and said that on uh, 45 B.C. And then rolled down to John 12, 12 through 16. It's fulfilled to the day, 69 weeks of years to the day. Jesus is, is ushered in as king on earth. He was a different type of king they didn't see, but he was worshipped as king to the day, Right? Let's skip down to, uh, for time's sake, verse 15. He says, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him, right? Hindsight's always 20-20, <laughs> right? All, all, all the time. But it, they remembered afterwards, right? The disciples, and, then, and there's just like aha moments. I love aha moments with, with God, right? It's like, thank you, Jesus. That's so I missed it, but God, I thank you that I see it now. Lord, pray, I pray, God, forgive us when we miss it, God, but show us. God, show us that we can, still can and that we still, you still got us. Uh, just because I missed it doesn't mean it's over. Amen. It's all good, God, and we trust you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Uh, that next point. So you know our salvation is in Jesus, right? Y'all are super smart. I know that. We preach that every Sunday, all Sunday long, right? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is our, our connection. He is, our, our, he is through the lens that God sees us. Our righteousness is by the blood of Christ, right? Without the blood and shedding of, of blood, then we are not made right, right? And so, but there's no, there's no salvation if there's no Jesus, but there's no Jesus if there's no Jews, he is from the line of the tribe of Judah, right? He's from the line of Abraham. He is from the line of David. He is from the line, uh, he is holy, divine line of God the Father even. Uh, but so salvation comes from the Jews. Salvation ends with the Jews, and by God's grace, he includes the whole world, right? It's by his grace that he extended that love and mercy and grace to you and to me, to the Gentiles. Anybody here pure Jewish blood? Anybody? That'd be awesome. Nobody? These lights are bright. Nobody? Right? None of us are pure Jewish blood. Are we? Thank Jesus. <laughs> he extended us that love and mercy and grace and grafted us in. 
right? We're going to be in heaven with Jews. Did you know that? <laughs> we are going to be worshiping with God's people. They were God's people first. Thank God. But that's why they missed it. Right? Why would, they're the ones that worshiped and sacrificed and, and did all the stuff and tried to stay holy. Yeah, they missed it and messed up, but you know what? You and I miss it and mess up all the time too, right? We just prayed over ourselves. That doesn't make them perfect. That's why Jesus had to come. But they didn't know is they missed other prophecies that, you know, that, that the Savior was going to save the world, not just the Jews. And so they missed it. They didn't see that God was going to reach and extend that, that hand of mercy to the Gentiles. Right? And so but we know that, that mercy and that grace. So we got to know, though, if God's, it was God's people first, he is going to save them. And so right now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, right now is the time for the church. We are in this gap right now where it is all about the bride of Christ. Okay? And it's very special that we don't take that for granted. This season of grace that we're in. Because guess what? I believe after the rapture happens, that season of grace for the church will end. Because if God raptures his church, who is going to preach the gospel? Anybody? The Jewish people will be here, but guess what? They're going to... They will eventually come to completion in Christ. There are actually Messianic Jews that have come to completion in the revelation that they believe Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, and that's what it's going to take and what is going to eventually happen. But if you ain't Jewish and you're left behind from the rapture, you ain't gonna, it's going to be pretty hard to connect to the way that they think and teach. And you, gonna, and you ain't going to have the church, the global church, preaching the gospel. Imagine the world without the church preaching gospel. You're going to just be lost, and you ain't even going to know it. You ain't even going to care. And that's why the, 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 the Antichrist is going to be in the position that he's in. Because deception ain't going to be as hard as it, it really seems in our minds. If the church, Imagine the world without the church. That's how lost it's going to be. And so, but God, he includes us in that thing that's going to happen. Look at, uh, let's, let's read four, John 4, uh, 22 real quick. So, right, this is Jesus with the woman at the, at the well, right? Anybody remember that story? He was, he stopped, you know, some Samaritans and the Jews were, were in conflict because they didn't agree on where they should worship God because they didn't have a place to worship yet. And so Jesus is having a moment with her and he says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Well, we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews, right? That just reinforces that, that last statement, that, that that salvation is coming from that line uh, of the Jewish blood and Jewish faith. Let's read Romans 11, 11 through 15. Here's the cool thing Paul is saying. Paul was a, was a Jew of all Jews. He, he studied the law. He knew the law. He, he did his best to live to the law. Uh, and then he got wrecked, right? He had a revelation of Christ, and now he becomes the number one person speaking truth, writing two-thirds of the New Testament for Gentiles like you and for me uh, that we get to enjoy and, and live in the fruits of that revelation. 
And he's, he's saying here in the scripture that, you know what, now is your time, but hear me, there's, hope's not gone for my people, right? God, he says, did God's people, who, speaking of the Jewish, stumble and fall far beyond recovery? Of course not. He says, hope is not lost. There is still hope for us. Even though I'm preaching to the Gentiles, I know we still have hope. This ain't all for nothing, right? He says, yes, they were disobedient, uh, and so God made salvation available to the Gentiles, uh, and you know what? It's the same for you and me. When we're disobedient in, in God, you know, and you see somebody else, God moving in somebody else's life, it's like sometimes we can almost get jealous a little bit. And it's like, why is God moving in their lives, you know? And it's because I'm being disobedient in my own life. <laughs> and I get mad at them, right? It's the same, the same kind of dynamic between the Jews and the Gentiles. They were jealous. They could, that's why they couldn't receive it because God was extending his love to us. But he says at verse 12, he says, now the Gentiles... Uh, were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer for salvation. Who is Jesus? Think how much, I love this, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. How awesome is heaven and earth going to be one day when we all come back together? God's original people, Israel, uh, and the Christian church coming together, how awesome and better is that going to be? That is going to be awesome. I can't wait to worship in heaven, man. Worship this morning was pretty awesome, by the way, but it's like nothing compared to what it's going to be like. Even this last weekend at the men's conference, we had 455 guys just crying out, to, praising God. There's nothing like it. And I, as we were praying, I was like, man, this is so awesome. Oh, but heaven is going to be even so much more awesome. We can't even, we can't even comprehend, right? And so... Paul says the Gentiles were saved because the Jews rejected Jesus, right, as Messiah. But they didn't reject God's laws. That's why God is going to be faithful to them. They are still doing his laws, other than the sacrifices and burnt offerings, uh, which they can't do because they don't have a place. And they actually had a big meeting way back, right around when, when the, you know, in the early hundreds, two hundreds, and decided what, you know, they just can't do burnt offerings and sacrifices for this time being. And so, but, but they missed it, but they are not uh, without hope. Amen? Let's, uh, let's look at that next point. So, Pastor Ian, I hope uh, what I'm saying is making sense to you uh, this morning. Uh, but so, maybe you're saying, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying, but so where are we now? Right? Where are we in this time of events? And so here's the cool thing. I can actually pinpoint for you where we are. And we, according to scholars and uh, you know, people like Dr. Forrest, and we are actually living in this gap, okay, between the verse 26 and 27 of Daniel 9. And it's because the time of the Gentiles, the church age, or the time of the, um, and the age of the time of Israel's blindness. So this is where we are. The church is, is preaching the gospel, spreading the gospel, is growing, hopefully. Uh, we just seen some disciples, right? Literally got discipled and graduated uh, our growth track that we do here, Liberty Church. Hopefully, in Jesus' name, they're going to disciple others. So this is the day and time and age that we're in. We, we, we travel the world and we, you know, we preach the gospel. Uh, and this is the time of Israel's blindness. Right now, they, the nation of Israel hasn't really fully seen and recognized uh, Christ for who he is. And so, let's read Daniel 9, 26 through 27 again. <laughs> Before we read this, but let's just read it again. It says, And after the 62 weeks, 
of years. Okay, Messiah shall be cut off from himself, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. To the end, it shall be with the flood until the end of the war of desolations uh, is determined. And so this actually already happened. Okay, this happened around 70 AD. And so this is why the, 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 the temple needs to be rebuilt. This already happened. Jesus was already crucified. That's what this is talking about. And so we're waiting really to the end, to, to the... We're waiting right now until the Antichrist is set in, the church is raptured, uh, and the temple is rebuilt. So we're in this gap. So verse 27, we're in between 27 and 20, 26 and 27. 27 says, Then he shall confirm with a covenant with many for one week or set of years, uh, which is seven, the Antichrist, be in the middle of the week at 3.5 years, okay? That's what that means. In the middle of that week, around three and a half years, he's going to stop that peace accord and he's going to begin to exercise his right and rule as Antichrist. There'll be wars, there'll be famine, there'll be diseases, there will be chaos, there'll be death. Uh, it's not going to be good. And on the wing of abominations shall be the one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which determined, is poured out on the desolations, okay? So this is, this is the church age that we are in, or some, some theologians call it the disposition uh, of grace, okay? That's where we are right now. Somebody say right now. So we have the grace and favor of God to be where we're at right now. No matter where you're at, what you're doing in your life, right now there's mercy and grace for you if you choose. If you want it, if you choose it, you can have it, right? Uh, it, it, you know, today is truly a gift. I want to give God my excellence in everything that I have. I don't know uh, when he's coming, uh, but I know it's closer today, right, than it, than it was yesterday. And I know it's going to be closer tomorrow than it is today if it comes. And so we got to be ready. We got, we got to be thankful, uh, and we got, to, we, got to, we got to live for him on purpose, uh, with, with, uh, on purpose, intentionally. Um, let's read Romans 11, uh, 25 through 28. <clears throat> this is Paul again, right? He says, I want you to understand this mystery. He calls it a mystery, this, this reason why the Gentiles are ex experiencing this mercy and grace and favor that I'm talking about. He says, dear brothers and sisters, so that you Feel not proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts or blindness, right? There it is. But this will only last until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. If you are following along in your Bible or on your Bible app, underline that, highlight that, star that, write that down. Because it says, the, uh, but this will, will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. I believe, now this is the debatable part we're going back to, I believe there's a certain number in the Lamb's book of life, and when, when it hits that number, when that last person gets saved and says that prayer, gives their heart to God, the rapture will happen. God says, the, the day of the church is done, it's over. You had, your, you had your shot, you had your moment, you had your days, multiple days, multiple years, whatever it was. And so when that number is fulfilled, what, how cool would that be if that, that number was fulfilled at Liberty Church, Holly Pond? Come on, somebody. That could happen. Liberty Church, Arab. When that happens, that, that extended mercy of grace to the church is over. We had our shot. Now it, the focus of God will be back on Israel and the Jewish people. And he's going to fulfill that covenant that he started. Amen. And the church won't be here on earth to be able to preach that to people. It'll be left to, you know, to, it'll be about the Jewish People. And so in verse 26 says, and then, then so when that happens, 
All of Israel will be saved. You can underline that too. That's how we know that, that God is going to fulfill that promise to his people. And as the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them. And I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel now enemies of the, of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles right now. It benefits us right now. Uh, but yet they are still the people he loves. We have to know that these, uh, the, the people of Israel are still the people that God loves. He doesn't love them more than us. He loves us the same, but he still loves them and he wants to redeem them. And he, Christ is the redeemer and believe me, he's, he's strong enough to do it. And they will be redeemed because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were favored, right? The, the, there's nothing more than the favor of God uh, that, can, that can signs, miracles, and wonders, right? And that's what happened all through this book from Genesis to Revelations through that line, the Jewish people. Uh, so that next point, the last point for um, today, the last point that we're going to give you. So man, if you're here today and you ain't heard nothing I said, you need to hear this. Jesus said he's going to come like a thief in the night. Like a thief in the night, he's going to come. No one knows the hour, he said. Only my Father in heaven. No one knows the appointed time, the day, the hour. We know that uh, the last, we know what the last seven years on earth are going to look like. We know what the Antichrist will be appointed. We know it's going to be peace for three and a half years. Then we know after that it's just going to be the beginning of the end. And you're not going to want to be here. We know what it's going to look like, but we don't know, right, when the last Gentile is going to be saved. We don't know that magic number that is on God's mind. That magic number of names in the books, Lamb's Book of Life. We don't know what that is. And so that's why we have to be ready all the time. Somebody say all the time. All the time, you and I have to be ready. Spiritually ready. Last part of that statement. Because when the time of the Gentiles comes to an end, everything is going to change in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Everything is going to change. When, when God says, that was the one. Rapture my church. Bring them to me. They've been faithful. They're ready. I'm ready to bring them home to me. When that happens, we'll be gone. The church will be gone. And it's going to happen in a blink of an eye, in a moment. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says, It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and who are living will also be transformed, right? In the blink of an eye. I believe this is Jesus' warning to us, right? To be ready. Let's look at that last scripture. Matthew 24, 37 through 44. Jesus is teaching again. He says, But as the days of Noah... So also will be the days coming for the Son of Man to be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and, and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Y'all, the world is out there partying it up, living it up, rioting, looting, uh, all sorts of false idols sex, drugs, alcohol, Hollywood, they are lost, they are sleeping, 
They are going to be washed away like the flood of Noah. When the rapture comes, they won't know what happens because they are asleep. We need to be awake. We need to be ready. Verse 40, he says, two men will be in the field and one will be taken and another left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and allowed his house not to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. Somebody say ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. If I told you the day and time and hour that Jesus was coming, would you be ready? You'd be, you'd be ready, right? You'd be in your best clothes. You'd be ready to go, right? So he's comparing this to the, the, the guy, the, somebody who knew their house was going to be broken into. If he knew the thief was going to come, he'd be sitting on his bed waiting with a shotgun, right? But we don't know. So he says, because you don't know, you need to be like that all the time. Because we don't know, we need to be ready all the time, as though it's about to happen. And so that's my question to you this morning. Are you ready for God? Are you ready for Jesus Christ himself to come back? Are you ready to be raptured? Are you ready to go to heaven? Are you anticipating the coming of Christ? Or are you just buying time? Are you scared when someone says Jesus is coming? Because the answer to that question in your life, in your mind, in your body, in your spirit is where you are right now, spiritually. You're either spiritually alive or you're spiritually dead. And guess what? I got good news. If you're either one of those things, Jesus is the common factor. You can be spiritually alive in him. And if you're not spiritually alive, you need him to come alive. And if there's something going on and you know, maybe you're not, you, you're not doing good. You're not right with God. Man, what are you waiting for? It's not worth it. Nothing here in this place is worth it. Everything will die and pass away and rust and moth and decay. We can't take anything to heaven other than our soul. And without the Spirit of God, we don't get to do that. And it breaks my heart as a pastor to see even Christians living in sin in secret. Does it happen? Yeah, it sure happens. It's not worth it. Amen? Can I pray over y'all? Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask for your presence right now. I know I went long. God, would I just come against any distraction? God, I bind fear. God, I bind uh, human thoughts, uh, human desire. God, and I lose the spirit of God, the voice of God. So I want us to get real right now. We serve a real God. We're real people. Uh, Jesus is real. God's real. The rapture's real. The Antichrist is real. These things that we talked about today are real. And if you are not anticipating 
that, that thing to happen, the completion of God's word to happen. And you need to be made right with God. I want that to happen today. I want you to experience peace. I don't want to scare you into heaven. I don't want to talk you out of your salvation, okay? Don't miscommunicate what I'm trying to say. I, this is for somebody who generally needs the salvation of Jesus Christ this morning. If that's you, this is your moment, man, woman. If you're saved, I want you to be praying right now. If, if you know the Lord, I want you to pray uh, for salvation this morning. And if that's you, you want to change your life, you want to be ready when Jesus comes. You want to experience peace and joy and all the things that he, the blessings he gives us when we live here on earth for him, which he does. See, our flesh tells us if I do that, there's all these things I can't do anymore. I, I, it's going to be painful. It's going to be, the, the, the yoke and the burdens of God are light and easy to bear. Amen. When the spirit of God is alive inside of you. So if that's you this morning, I want you right now. No one's looking at you. We're praying. I want you to just stand up, all in this place, all over this building. If you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, right now, to just stand up. Stand up in this place. Have the faith. Have the courage. If God is speaking to you right now, then why can well, It's not that hard. Just stand up. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows your name. He knows the gifts and talents that he's given you. He knows how he made you. He knows all the things going on in your life. He knows the good things, the bad things, the ugly things, the secret things. And he wants you to be made righteous in Christ today. So if that's you, I'm giving you a few more seconds to change your life, to stand up for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father God, Lord, we pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for all these people, all these believers. Lord, and I pray that we would be ready. God, I pray that we would be in your word like we never have, God, this next week. God, that something would happen, a, a shifting, a, a stirring in the church. God, that we would seek your word with hunger, God, and thirst for righteousness uh, and, and for truth. God, and we would be, be students of who you are, students of your word. God, we would be in the right relationship, not just with you, God, but with relationship with other believers. God, so that we can grow together. Lord, it makes me excited. Oh, Lord, I'm thankful that we have an, an amazing Oh, awesome church family to be a part of. We get to do it together. I can't wait to worship with my church family in heaven one day. I can't wait to worship with my church family in heaven one day, I said. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. Come on, somebody. God, it's going to be amazing. Lord, and so don't let any earthly thing hold us back from that. Let us stay focused on you, God, and reflect the Son of Christ, God. We love you and we thank you. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.